0: Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Snake Oil Radio uh, here on Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, if you're for, it's your first time tuning into uh, Snake Oil Radio, let me tell you a little bit about the show and then we'll kind of get started. 45-minute uh, show I will take in uh, live callers and uh, comments or questions in the chat room as well if that's preferable to you. Uh, I will give that number out in a little bit. Uh, I am uh, Jim Ventura. I have been a and, and I'm a writer and uh, obviously radio show host. Uh, I actually did a uh, public access talk show some years ago as well too here in Phoenix called Body Mind and Spirit of Arizona. And I am a, uh, a life coach, spiritual counselor, and uh, really professional astrologer, numerologist. Uh, I read tarot and. Runestones, I have uh, expertise in a number of different types of oracles, and I work with people in helping kind of guide them and, and, uh, and help them in their own reality creating process through some of these tools. I uh, started doing uh, Synco Radio about um, a year, a little over a year ago, and uh, the uh, column itself I have been doing uh, since 2003. So uh, if you are catching me live and you're not already on my mailing list, feel free to email me uh, info on the uh, blog talk site about how to get hold of me and get added to the free mailing list for the monthly column. So I'd like to start my shows by reading my column and talking about them uh, a bit, and then I will open the phone lines up for any questions or comments, even uh, personal ones if you want to do a quick five-minute Mini Uh, reading—they're short ones—but we're certainly able to do that as well. And definitely open to any comments or questions about the subject that we're talking about today. So today's column uh, actually is a piece from uh, my second, soon-to-be-published book uh, called Snake Oil, Volume One, which is a collection of the first four years of my column. And it is called Stifled Dingbat. Some people believe that the topic of meditation is something that is too esoteric to discuss. It can seem like something that only highly evolved mystics would be able to do. Some people believe that it is something only weirdos who are looking to escape from life are interested in. Often these beliefs mask a fear of attempting to learn something they know would be beneficial for them, but feel inadequate about whether they can do. In addition, they don't recognize that escaping from life on occasion can be very wise. Placing meditation in the too esoteric category makes learning this skill daunting to the average person. More practical use for meditation is to see it as a valuable way to refocus and clear our minds from the endless chatter that occupies our psyches, morning, noon, and night. While meditation can seem like a difficult thing to master, anybody can learn how to do this, and it is an extremely valuable thing to be able to do. Meditation requires learning how to shut off the endless stream of dialogue, concern, worry, planning, plotting, fearing, dreading, and other elements of the human mind that block us from experiencing peace. As a theoretical experiment, if you were able to spend two hours writing down every thought you entertain in your mind, you would quickly see how much energy we use in this way. In addition, your hand would probably get very tired and cramped at writing writing down all this chatter. Meditation is a key element in redirecting the endless noise that blocks us from hearing the wisdom of our higher selves, spirit guides, and the healing messages of the natural world. It can also act as a vehicle for tapping into other ways of perceiving our lives and the experiences we have. Learning how to meditate is beneficial at many levels and costs nothing. There are many different ways to meditate. It's actually a form of self-hypnosis. Hypnosis is a narrowing of our focus toward a particular thought stream. When we allow a a hypnotherapist to hypnotize us, we temporarily follow their suggestions. In either case, the idea of a narrowed focus is where the benefits occur. Narrowing down our thought stream involves a conscious effort to weed out internal and external stimuli that is disruptive or of no value. Turning yourself to meditate is also beneficial because we can develop the skill of blocking out the disruptive internal voices of fear as well as the external sounds around us that can sometimes be irritating. It is a way of practicing silence and experiencing peace of mind. Like most things that require mastering a skill, consistent practice is of great value. With patience, you can master the skill of meditation. In the beginning, you may find yourself falling asleep when you attempt to meditate. Do not see this as a failure in any way. For most people, a little extra sleep is needed. Often the biggest problem for beginning meditators is learning how to temporarily shut off the constant thoughts that our ego mind communicates. Some examples of common disruptive thoughts are Damn, I'm trying to meditate and I can hear the neighbor's television. Why does he have to play it so loud? Is he deaf or something? I wonder if my boss will be in a bad mood tomorrow. He always seems to be pissy at the end of the week. Am I actually doing this right or am I just wasting my time? What should I make for dinner? Maybe I'll just pick up some Chinese takeout. Hmm, maybe I should get Italian. Hell, I'm too fat right now. Maybe I should just eat a salad. Well, some of these were meant to sound a little comical. They're great examples of the endless parade of internal mental distractions that we entertain on a daily basis. Every individual will have to deal with their own versions of these thoughts at the beginning of their meditation attempts. we we'll contemplation of the details of our lives as normal, They are necessary distractions that keep us from experiencing the peacefulness of meditation. One solution to this problem is to simply answer these thoughts with something like this. Thanks for that thought. But now I will will not think about or try to solve this question or issue. I will come back to this later when I'm finished with my meditation. With practice, you'll eventually find a decrease in the amount of internal dialogues and start to experience a few wonderful moments of internal silence. Over time, you may experience longer periods of even more enjoyable meditations. The benefits are difficult to put into words. The sense of peacefulness and clarity that comes from meditating is phenomenal. In addition, learning how to meditate will create more peaceful sleep when you go to bed each night. People often have difficulty sleeping because they cannot quiet their minds. One of the primary causes of insomnia is too much internal chatter and worry. Try meditating daily, even if it's only for five or ten minutes each day. If you miss a day or two, simply start again. Keep at it; you will never regret developing this skill. Okay, so this piece uh, specifically is part of uh, going to be part of my my next published book. Uh, My first published book is available uh, through Amazon called "Dirty Little Secrets." Um, and this book will probably be available. I'm thinking toward the mid to late summer of 2010. It's actually been on delay um, because of uh, I had some computer issues a couple months back that took some while to resolve. I lost a lot of my writing. I'm in the process of recovering a lot of it. Really, kind of a slow pain in the ass process. But truth be told, it's fine. You know, I'm the one who I'm, the, I'm on my own. Uh, I'm on my own. Uh, I'm my own boss, so I decide when it's going to come out. So That's kind of the good news and all of that, so there's no stress. It'll get done when it's time. But uh, I wrote this piece. There are, uh, you know, the, the book itself is a collection of, of uh, four years of my initial columns, and then I added these seven what I call snake charms, and that was one of the first ones, which are kind of instructive uh, pieces about how to do certain things within the metaphysi- metaphysical realm. You many people, um, you know, hire me to use my expertise with readings and insights and, and that's great. But certainly, uh, I teach a lot of classes and things as well in an attempt to teach people how to do a lot of these things on their own. Obviously, uh, certainly a benefit. And, again, meditation as a great example, this is one of those type of things that, you know, beautifully doesn't really cost anything, you know, and it is definitely of extreme value. Uh, I myself went through a process of, of really having to learn how to meditate. I guess having to learn is probably a strong way of putting it, of learning how to meditate when I was, I would say about 22, 21 was when I began to make the decision to learn how to master this particular skill. In fact, I took a psycho development class at that time, and that was one of the exercises that we were required to do on our own was to develop, um, work on developing this skill. I'll talk a little bit more about that. I want to throw out my um, uh, caller, uh, my uh, phone line if anyone wants to call in and has any questions or comments about this subject or wants to ask uh, you know, a personal question for a few minutes. That number is 646 200 3966. Again, that number is 646 200 3966. If you're listening to the show live and would like to call in, feel free. Uh, so, anyway, back to my story here. So when I did take this uh, psychic development class many, many years back, um, again, that was one of her suggestions that we learn how to meditate. In fact, when I teach classes now, uh, and I do that here in my home in Phoenix uh, a few times a year, that is definitely something I teach and, and push my students toward learning how to do. Um, you know, in fact, that, you know the joke of it is, you know, I, I call this piece one of my favorite things to do as a writer, aside from writing, is to uh, title pieces. So uh, if anyone has not caught the reference to Stifled Dingbat, it actually, uh, you probably have to be over 30, 35, realistically, to maybe understand that reference, and a TV watcher from the 70s or even early 80s, but that's kind of an Archie Bunker from All in the Family reference to his wife, who often babbled about nothing. Uh, Well, sometimes she babbled about (laughs) valuable things too, but he would say, stifle dingbat, and I thought that was kind of an amusing uh, analogy because I've said that to friends in a loving way from time to time as well, too, when they're babbling on. And, you know, there's a point in all of this. You know, it's fascinating to me how, uh, you know, how commonplace it is in this day and age for people to be taking sleep aids, as an example and really the reality of of not sleeping because we we continue to look for physical clues or issues and attempt to resolve them of course boils down to primarily emotional and psychological issues Uh, and and by the way it's not uncommon for people to have trouble sleeping Um, it's nothing to you know to me for the most part unless it's causing real problems to race out to a doctor about but um, in some cases in extreme cases you might need to but the truth of it is, more often than not, it is that. It's, this, uh, it's not being able to quiet the mind. It's not being able to mentally shut up. Uh, we often we worry and we plot and we plan and we think and we analyze and we, we, uh, we, we wonder and we question and we rehash. And uh, these are, are common things that people will often do and not really good things to take into the sleep state or dream state with us, uh, you know. From an astrological angle, well, all people can have issues with this. You know, specifically, people with a strong air influence in their astrology charts will often have this um, issue. Um, air signs—Aquarius,es gemini's Libras—often have um, uh, will may, uh, may have more difficulty than other people necessarily with this particular issue. Uh, again, depend on how much air is in the chart. Uh, so it, it's not an uncommon thing in that sense, but really what, what this point uh, that I'm bringing up is about is no matter what our sign is, we can train ourselves to, to uh, get the hang of, 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 of quieting and shutting down the endless thought process stream that goes on. We get very, uh, you know, it, it, it's natural and normal for us to analyze. Uh, and, and in many cases, quite valuable. It's not something that we should stop doing. It's just something that we need to learn how to minimalize, especially when attempting to meditate. Again, people will often say, sort of, what's the purpose? Well... You know, from 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 my perspective, for someone who has been you know meditating for for many years, there's there's multiple purposes to this. One, again, simply better sleep. But in addition, you know, if you look at dogs and cats as an example of this, they are in and out of this world more often than we are. Uh, the majority of us, you know, we will go to bed for our, our, our six to nine hours sleep window each night, and otherwise we're conscious throughout the day. Um, that's actually not really particularly healthy for the body, in that sense as well. When you when you when you take naps or you go to sleep or even if you meditate, you're really temporarily retreating from this world, even if it's just for a few minutes, and are sort of refreshed by that shift of consciousness in that sense. Again, animals do this all the time. And, you know, that it's not that they're necessarily less alert than we are. You know, I think in a lot of cases for dogs and cats, uh, some of them sleep probably closer to, you know, 15. You know, in the case of my cat, maybe 18 hours a day. Although I don't know if she's sleeping. A lot of times she just sort of hangs out um, on the bed. But certainly um, they don't have the same issue that we have as human beings. They don't analyze. They don't process. They don't worry about yesterday. They don't worry about tomorrow. And that's one of the other benefits that we see with learning how to meditate. By pulling your energy in toward the present and focusing uh, on the present, uh, it's it, you know a point of power is in the present. It brings us back to the launching place where our our energy really centers and comes from. And I could tell you that really, if you're having trouble sleeping at night, or even having trouble even attempting to meditate, in all probability, more often than not. The, the stuff you're analyzing, the stuff that your mind is worrying about or processing or contemplating, is often has nothing to do with the present. It's often concern or worry about tomorrow or the future in general, you know, longer term future issues that we ponder. Or in many cases, we're rehashing and rethinking about an event or a situation that has already occurred. So... You know more often than not we 're not focused on the on the present in that sense and that 's one of the values that meditation can do when you introduce this into your life is it can reshift your focus back to your present point you know one of the one of the things that I do and I, I certainly encourage my clients to do this as well is you know I encourage people to Look at their body as a, as a message board in that sense as well. If there's something off-kilter or wrong with the body in that sense, then the body is telling you something as well about something that's unresolved emotionally or psychologically. So I always reminded people, the physical is the last place something will go. So if you have an issue that's going on in your life, again, either it'll show up in the emotional body or it'll be something that you keep analyzing or concerning yourself with. And if it's unresolved, it inevitably shows up as a physical issue. And this is something that really, by and large, we're not taught in this particular society because even if you think about this too, you know, even if you even if you have an accident or you, or you bang your kneecap on the coffee table or something like that, again, someone might want to say, well, you know, how is it that that's an issue and not just an accident? Well, again, all things are interconnected. So, you know, if you look at the area, say if you bang your knee, your knee represents something. So at an unconscious level, we bang our knee. is isn't still that we didn't have an accident, but that means something in that sense. So again, um, when we look at the body itself, our body is is telling us something that we need to resolve. And when we we learn how to be more focused in the present, when we stay more conscious of the present moment point and, and stop worrying so much about the future or the past, then we often will have more insight into our own lives and be able to make clearer, better decisions and also free ourselves of worry. You know, the other thing that's the benefit by meditation, of course, is that we can learn how to tune into listening to our own inner wisdom, our own higher self, our spirit guides, our angels, whatever our own terminology for that is. People have different things they call that, our intuition, our inner knowingness. But by quieting the mind uh, from time to time, we develop an ability to hear those messages more clearly and and yeah, everybody has that wisdom. everybody has that insight inside themselves um It's often trained out of us or so we don't listen to it uh but we we all we all do have that 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 wise voice inside you know how many of us have even had a difficult experience where we've looked back and said, "Yeah, my instinct kind of told me but I sort of did it anyway um more often than not, that is the case that our, you know there was some type of warning signal or or something that was coming up internally about what we were stepping into or a feeling that this wasn 't necessarily right for us but you know that 's another issue is to learn how to discern between um, a genuine fear that's coming up to warn us that's about something that 's not right for us and then fear that has to do with the fear of inadequacy or fear of uh, doing it wrong or you know what I mean or or another type of fear that's that's actually more of a false fear. And that's another benefit that meditation can do. By learning how to tune inward that way, you can get clearer about those signals. So again, there are really, really multiple benefits to learning how to quiet the mind and how to meditate in a healthy way. And it is not that difficult to learn. Um, in fact, I'm actually going to maybe go through some steps and some suggestions again, in a more practical way to learn how to do this. I do want to throw the call number out from time to time in case anyone would like to call in and make a comment or ask a question about this subject or anything else that's going on in their life for a quick few minute um, reading or comment from me about it. Uh, That number is 646-200-3966. Again, 646-200-3966. And if my listeners don't... Choose to call in today, then I will just talk as I've done many shows as well, which is no problem. Uh, anyway, so um, a step-by-step process in, in learning how to do this. One thing that uh, I think is a, a benefit in remembering and practicing it, uh, to meditate is keep in mind that you know most of us have busy lives, so you know finding the time to do this can be an issue. So my suggestion is start small. Even if it's a few days a week, you know, preferably there would even be more benefit to doing it daily if that's possible. But even allotting a 10, 15-minute period for this initially, that's fine. In fact, you may never even go beyond a 10 or 15-minute period. There's times when I meditate literally for, again, maybe 10 minutes, 20 minutes, and that, that's all that I do. And that is enough. It can really feel like a beautiful recharge in that sense. So, you know, you don't have to carve out tremendously long periods of time to practice doing this. Now, the key, of course, is to go and get somewhere where you can, you won't be disturbed. You know, we live in a world with constant interference, um, whether that's from your own home with children and family members or animals or, you know, neighbors or, um, more or even more commonly, phones ringing and cell phones ringing, and uh, TV and television in the background. You know, we we surround ourselves with constant outer chatter, as well as inner chatter. So one of your primary uh, first kind of calls to to get on the path of doing this and becoming uh, almost talented <laughs> as a meditator or experienced and being able to do this comfortably is to you know find a way to get some of the external noise away from you, even for a brief period of time? Uh, you know this is beneficial multiple levels, especially for people, mothers who have children. you know I, I, when I was a kid, after dinner, my mother and my father would go to their bedroom and take a nap for a half hour or so. Um, I think um, uh, sometimes they'd actually nap, maybe they were having a few moments to be intimate, uh, which makes me gag even as I say it, but uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, more often than not, I think that they really just wanted that retreat to be by themselves without all of us children and all that interference around. I always kind of thought that that was somewhat healthy, personally, in that sense. Um, so I, I definitely, definitely begrudged them that time that sort of quiet time. But what it actually did and predisposed us to do as children as well is a lot of us would kind of do the very same thing. We'd go to a room or we'd sit and read a book on the couch and we would actually kind of have a little bit of quiet time. It became kind of commonplace in that sense. Uh, so that retreat, finding a way to do it, and training your family members and the people around you that this is mom or dad's, or, you know, again, even easier if you don't have children or, or um, other interferences around. But, um, you know, really making it clear that you can turn your cell phone off or you can put it in another room or you could, you know what I mean, you could sit in a quiet spot within the house. And, again, if there are family members or children, you know, tell them that you need 15 minutes, a half hour at this time to have quiet time and then not to interrupt you unless it's an absolute emergency. So I can't tell you, aside from just the angle of learning how to meditate, you know, you're going to be a lot happier as a human being if you carve out some of this time just to have that quiet. So then your next step, of course, is to once you get away from the noise, um, is, of course, to now shut up your internal voice. Which again, often will scramble with thoughts of tomorrow and what you still have to do and all the things that you have to get to and what so and so meant by this and rehashing of the past. And, you know, we we do this as human beings where we're constantly um, barraged by processes and thoughts in that sense. So the good news is when you learn how to meditate, you're not going to turn that ability off permanently, you're turning it off temporarily you learning how to, uh, and I'll reinsert my joke here, stifling that, to stop the stream. So, you know, you get quiet, you get in a comfortable spot. No, I don't get into the theatrics of how you have to sit. You don't have to sit lotus style. I mean, if you want to, absolutely do that. You can lay down or lay in a chair. You know, as I mentioned before, very commonly, people will often fall asleep, in the beginning stages of doing this, if that's a concern uh, that you might not wake up, well, obviously you'll eventually wake up, but um, you know that you might oversleep and have things to do, then set a little timer. Um, you know, uh, people have timers on their on their on their uh, ovens, and they have timers on their on uh, the clock radios, and they have timers on the cell phone. This, this is not difficult. You can buy a dollar timer in a dollar store. So none of that is a difficult thing to necessarily do. So if that's a concern that you will fall asleep, then set yourself a timer to wake yourself up. And that's the good news. If you do fall asleep, so be it. Really, you're, 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 what you're doing in the long run is you're hoping to stay conscious while meditating. So that's really the, the overall plan. But I can't tell you that. I, can, I cannot suggest this enough. If you get a little catnap in from time to time, um, uh, you haven't failed. By no means. This will be of benefit, too. It's, another, it's a deeper form of meditation, obviously, because you're checking out even more so. But it's of value. One of my sisters, who's a Libra and Air sign, often tells me that she cannot nap, that the whole idea of it is impossible, because if she falls asleep, she won't be able to sleep well that night. Again, someone who's not really trained herself to meditate, because it is very natural for us to, to dip out of this world and back in it in that way, and absolutely and ultimately of benefit to be able to learn how to do such a thing. So, once you, uh, so again, if you fall asleep, this is not the end of the world. Um, and you may find that this becomes a common practice. But what you do want to inevitably get to is the point where you can stay conscious while meditating. In other words, be able to be at peace and aware without the stream of constant chatter thoughts that run through the brain. And like I mentioned in the piece that I wrote, one of the most effective ways of, of doing this, of course, is to tell your ego self, and that's where this is coming from. This is part of the ego mind. And there's nothing wrong with our ego minds. Our egos are the device that's built into our psyches that enable us to stay Aware of physical reality and the elements of physical reality. So, no, we don't want to get rid of our ego. You temporarily turn the ego self off. So the ego's job, of course, is to notice the dog barking in the distance. That pisses you off. That's its job. <laughs> so, you know, we, again, that, that's a valuable thing that the, the ego mind does. But it's not a value when you meditate because the barking dog is really... Of no danger or threat in all probability to you, and is not something that you need to concern yourself with. Again, because the mind can kind of follow that thought. Oh, I can hear that dog barking. That dog barks at noon the night. Maybe I should call the HOA and tell them about this barking dog. Maybe I should call the police. Maybe I should just talk to my neighbor. Maybe I should, you know, I'd like to strangle that dog. You know what I mean? People run all kinds of silly thought processes that that make sense, of course, at some levels when you when you have. Uh, these type of interferences. But again, they take you off the path of meditating and having that peace and that clarity that we get from this process. So, again, now that we've, you know, uh, by becoming aware of what our ego mind does, we can learn how to quiet the ego mind, not by beating it up, not by getting mad at it, not by trying to shut it off, but by asking it to come back later. To let it take a break, go punch out, so to speak, for 10 minutes. Um, and, and I don't need to analyze these things right now. I want to tune into a different station. In fact, one of the things that you know, I teach in, in my intuitive psychic development classes with people is how to begin to shift the mind almost like you're turning a radio dial. And if you think about this, this is a really apt analogy For the whole experience, you know, most of our focus is on one station and there are multiple stations going on, whether you're conscious of it or not, there are all kinds of different radio stations going on at all times, television broadcasts, but you watch one channel. And, you know, it's the same thing with any other area. If you speak the English language, there are all kinds of other languages that are going on and out and about around us. Whether we hear them or not or understand them remains to be seen, but we tend to tune into our language. Same thing with tuning into, again, a radio show or a television show. So another thing that you're doing when you're meditating is it's a way of relaxing the psyche so that you allow the dial in your own psyche to begin to move and shift a little to the left, a little to the right. Where you could pick up other stations. Now, this isn't nearly as esoteric as it sounds. In that sense, you know, many people um, attempt to use drugs in this way. Uh, drugs and alcohol often are help people shift their awareness um, and uh, and shut off certain elements of their psyche or their emotional bodies. Uh, and in some cases, of more extreme drug use, can actually shift gears mentally. Now. I don't really recommend drug use as a, as a way of exploring shifting your consciousness. Uh, like in all things, there are repercussions, and then in, you know, in, in all practicality, with drug use itself, in many cases, these things are illegal. So, you know, not really your best bet. And there are repercussions to that. So in order to learn how to change the radio station or to shift gears within your psyche, of course, um, we don't need to take drugs or alcohol and else for that matter to do this. Again, meditation is another device in learning how to shift gears. And you know, I've had people ask me, how do you do it? It's actually a natural thing. When you shut off all the ego chatter and messages in that sense, inevitably what happens is the radio signal begins to drift anyway. And you may um, feel or perceive things. You may um, see colors in your mind's eye. You may hear internal messages. You may become aware of um, a different perception of something. These are you know, some of the best ways I can describe the things that will often happen in meditation. Another thing that may occur is you may even simply find yourself experiencing nothingness, just kind of a peaceful state of nothingness in that sense, which, by the way, is an awesome thing to experience. It's like a breather and again you will go back to your normal self even if you fall asleep you will come back to consciousness again you know but it is uh that brief window away but the shifting of the 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 higher probabilities that you will inevitably shift the radio signals or the radio stations per se You know, for me as a writer, um, this is really, really valuable. I I think I do this even when I'm not necessarily meditating at times. I perceive things from a different perception or a different way, which is, by the way, where I often get a lot of my ideas for my columns and the things that I write about. It's because I've learned how to maneuver my radio dial in that sense. And, you know, know, this is, again, a really, really valuable analogy at at that level because when you you learn how to meditate and you learn how to shift your radio dial of your psyche and pick up other stations, you'll also begin to see that in a larger context. When we pass from physical reality back into spirit, we're simply moving toward some of those other radio stations, so to speak. We're going into other experiences that we're having in many respects simultaneously, but we're just leaving the physical. The so meditation, in, in, in some cases, can be a temporary leave of your focus on physical reality in that sense. And that's what I mean. Here's the good news. You're coming back. You know, you're not really, in essence, getting out. Even people who have gone and, and experienced or studied astral projection, as an example, which is um, going out of body. And by the way, I wanted to bring that up because... You may find that in some meditations it is possible for people to have out-of-body experiences where they find themselves somewhere else in their spirit form or perceive something at a distance um, or feel like they're floating upward or floating in the cosmos or any of these other possibilities that may come up. This is, again, a very real thing that we are able to do. We are able to send our psyches our our essence, our energy, out of the body temporarily. In fact, people do it all the time. Whether you're conscious of it or not, most people will astral project or go out of body when they sleep at night. They often just do not remember the experience of doing such a thing. So, yeah, with practice, this can become another thing that can come into play with meditation. It may, it may not. Um, It may take a while before this is developed, but absolutely it can be done. So, my point in this is that if this occurs, again, it's a reminder that your consciousness does not have to exist only within the body. It is able to travel from it and still will exist. Again, this is the same dynamic that will happen when we pass into spirit. There's no death. We're just letting go of the physical. So, when you're meditating or you go, in the more extreme cases, if you're going out of body or astral projecting, you're not... Permanent leaving the body, either your consciousness is going somewhere else, and will return to that body. So, again, you can kind of see the the pretty cool magical elements to this, and uh, you know, believe me, meditation is is a starting place for this. In that sense, the focus and and the, the bigger suggestion that I have, because I don't want to overwhelm my listeners and my audience here. Um, either is to realize that, at the very least, you're going to get a very, very, very strong sense of peace of mind. Um, that peacefulness will carry into other areas of your life. And inevitably, the, um, the learning of, of shifting the radio stations and the signals will be of tremendous value to you as well, too, because it expands one's consciousness, you know, the way that we think. You know, in a more maybe in a more practical way of understanding this, when you know, if you talk to someone who speaks multiple languages, they often have a broader, me, a broader perspective or point of view toward life. They often is able to see things from multiple angles. You know, I don't speak um, multiple languages, but I, I understand multiple philosophies and perspectives because that has been my studies. Um, so that has broadened my scope. My awareness into the way, in terms of the way that I perceive things. A windy day to me means that it's windy outside of a practical level. But then, because of my studies of, of Lakota Indian teachings, as an example, wind means change. So I, I perceive it differently. And that's a great example of that, um, that you can learn how to add new perceptions. Meditation will start to do this for you in that sense, again, because you'll often be able to learn how to listen more clearly to the internal messages that are coming from within you. And and believe it or not, guys, we all have wisdom within us. We all have higher selves. We all have intuition. We all have this knowingness in that sense. It's just that we don't really, for the most part, exist in a culture that values or, or, or really gives credence to this type of thing so much in the first place, um, uh, you, some of us have been lucky where we may have been raised in families where um, we were taught how to develop some of these skills and these abilities or saw value in it, even in my own family, I, you know the fact that we had that quiet time, I, I really have to say I think that was really, really valuable um, because it also reinforced to me that when my mom and dad took their little naps and uh, their quiet time away from us. You know, I wasn't necessarily insulted as a child as much as I became aware that it was healthy sometimes to retreat and to to pull away. Even if you love something in that sense, there is some wisdom in that quiet time and that alone time to contemplate. Because again, we, we really live in a culture and in a world where the internal and external interference and noise is largely a constant. You know, I find that for me personally i don't when it comes to sleeping i could i could sleep often and a lot and i could sleep almost anywhere at any time if i really set my mind to it because i've been meditating for as long as i have i know how to do this but the one thing that can be difficult for me to shut off sometimes is the um is sound loud and obnoxious sounds to me are more difficult i could sleep in a very very well lit room without the slightest bit of hesitancy i can sleep when the sun is poking through the curtains in the room, I could still sleep. That, in and of itself, is not bothersome to me in that sense. It's it's loud sounds. And in a lot of cases, I could even tune them out. You're laying next to someone who snores or something. I think that's one of the trainings you have to learn how to do. But, um, you know, I can t- I can, I've learned how to tune a lot of it out. But, again, to me, it's one of the more difficult things that are tough at times to be able to minimalize or to get rid of again loud obnoxious sounds coming from around you. So meditation definitely does help you to to learn how to decrease that and tune some of it out. But all I bring this up because it you know to me again we constantly have noise. Even even when I um sometimes when I drive, I will just I love the radio, I love music, but you know sometimes I turn the radio off and just listen to nothing for 10 or 15 minutes when I drive and it really is relaxing. In that sense, again, because we're constantly bombarded by external stimuli at all times. And then more importantly, we're constantly bombarded by internal stimuli at all times. And meditation is kind of your path to learning how to to shut this down and how to really, really be at peace and have these moments of peace because they'll carry through for the rest of your day and for weeks on end when you learn how to do this. And you'll just find yourself... At, in a more peaceful place often, and you will increase your insight and your your inner wisdom through doing so. So I cannot recommend this enough. Okay, so that said, this is my uh, story on meditation. I've got about three more minutes here, so there's a couple things I want to finish off with before I sign off for the day. Uh, I haven't uh, had a radio show in a couple of months. I was consistent for a while, doing two radio shows a month uh but uh, again with the computer issues that came up i was shut down for a little bit and i'm still kind of recovering a lot of uh, some lost writing and things so it's taking some extra time again delaying the publication of the next book uh i already have the front and back cover designed and they're beautiful designs but all of it seems to be on delay so i'm just getting back up and running with the the show Uh, i run the show usually the first or second tuesday of each month you can always check my my um uh, the Blog Talk Radio site for when the next show is going to be. And also, if you get on my email list, of course, you will have that sent directly directly to you around the first of the month when the radio show will be, as well as having the column before you hear it on air. Uh, and if you want to uh, be added to my email list, if you're not already on it, you can email me at Ventura, S as in Sam, A as and Apple, G and Guy at Yahoo.com. Or at venturawords at mac.com or me.com, I believe it would go through as as well. And uh, ask to be on the mailing list. It doesn't cost anything. Um, you won't get any uh, crap soldier away or anything like that. It's just a monthly column, and I blonde copy it so no one will get hold of your email address. It's actually a good 7, between seven and 800 people getting my column now. So I certainly have no problem adding more people to the mix. And you can get it that way, I will um probably by March I will be adding um I'll be adding my second show again and start doing my interview shows. I miss doing my interview shows, but again, I have not really had the time uh, to uh, interview and get people on air with me, so that will be set up again as well as the show coming up consistently again uh also within the newsletter on the show, I will mention when the next book will be published so people can get hold of it. Um, my first book already is published. Uh, if you're interested in that, you can contact me directly through my website um, through email um, and order a copy. I'll sign a copy for you and, and mail it out to you. Great book, Dirty Little Secrets. I've had a number of pieces printed in magazines and I, I was at a, a, a promo event <laughs> yesterday and people had read a Halloween story I wrote from Dirty Little Secrets and... I was getting all kinds of raves about that particular piece, and it is a good one, as are all the pieces in my first book, Dirty Little Secrets. Or you can go directly to Amazon.com and look up the book under my name, order it directly from Amazon if you're interested in that. I actually have copies of the book on audio CD as well, and if you want to contact me and get a copy of the book, that way um, I'm charging uh, $12.95 for the book. You can get all oh, the CD. You can listen to it live through your computer or even through a uh, uh, VCR. It will play, and you can listen to the our entire book uh, and me telling it, which is a fun way of checking that out. Also, so again, uh, I thank everybody for tuning in today. Uh, we didn't have any callers this time. Uh, I got to get back on my routine. I had some number of people in the chat room, so I know we had some listeners. So feel free in future shows to call in and even ask your own personal questions. Uh, usually we'll take five minutes to answer a question and pull an oracle for you. Or again, I'd love to hear your comments and opinions and perceptions and perspectives on anything we're discussing in the uh, on the show. So again, thanks for calling in. Uh, well, thanks for, for listening. If you're catching me live, I appreciate you tuning in today. If you're catching me on the archive, as all shows are archived, then obviously you can't call in, but you can still check out the info, and we welcome you to do that at any time. Uh, So uh, everyone have a wonderful week, and I will be back next month with my next show, first or second week on the Tuesday of each month. Cheers.